Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me on the From Nowhere to Somewhere podcast. My name is Luke Staten. The reason behind this creation is to share words of wisdom, hope and optimism through conversation that can show us just what's possible in life. I've been truly inspired by the words I have not only listened to, but deeply heard from the people I've shared conversations with. I hope you enjoy hearing how everyday people overcome trials and tribulations and when faced with adversity, find a way to use this to their advantage. Common theme throughout, from all the different guests on the series, from wherever they are from, whatever beginning, whatever background, is they all have a desire for more from life. They all want to live a life of fulfillment. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I do creating. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Connie. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for finding the time to join me today. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited. So am I. Do you know what? I was just sat here this morning just thinking of some of the things that we may talk about. And I was getting really excited about the potential of this conversation because often, Connie, when people come on and have these chats with me, my goal is to not talk about what you do, but more to talk about the person behind what you do, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, and, and as you know, the podcast is called From Nowhere to Somewhere. And I'm really inspired and find it really empowering to learn more about the person behind the profession. I've been looking at all the things that you do and we could sit here all day going through them all because <laughs> it's so brilliant. And I'm going to ask as many intriguing questions as I can and you feel free to answer as much or as little as you want to. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally don't shut up. So I'll try and be um, succinct. It's a good job we've booked out the full day for this then. <laughs> so, so firstly, Connie, thank you for joining me. And I've got to give your brother a shout out, James, as well, for connecting us. And I really believe that in life, you travel through life and you meet people for a reason. And then people connect you to other people. So I met your brother, James, about three, four years ago when I was fortunate to do some work with the Chelsea Academy. And I remember walking in there, a mutual friend of, of mine and James, Jody Morris, invited me in to go and present to the club and see if they would be interested in me doing some work for them. And as I walked into the club at the training ground at Cobham, James was the first person to ask me for a conversation. So I remember being in there and James come up to me and he said, Luke, um, I'm James. Nice to meet you. He said, I'm the under 16s coach, under 15s, under 16s, I think he was at that time. He said, do you mind if we have a chat? He said, I've got a situation literally on me right now with one of my players and I'd like to run something by you because I've heard really good things and I was like right okay so I've, I've turned up there and and you can imagine walking into common training ground it's like the most nerve-wracking experience and I'm around this place and I'm like what am I doing here type thing and then all of a sudden the coach wants to ask me some questions about a player so I went and sat with James and we just had a, a, an amazing 30 minute conversation. And what was really, really fortunate is that the stuff that we talked about, he took it into his meeting with the player and it actually worked, which was a nice yeah. thing too. And we've just remained really good friends since. And he said to me, do you know what, Luke, it'd be great for you to speak to Connie because I just think you two would connect really well. So, so here we are. Here we are. James, do you know what? I love that about my brother. Um, he's the eldest of the four of us and he's such a great role model honestly um he is so proactive and um I've learned so much from him in the way that he lives his life he's like a massive goal setter he always has been he's always manifested like he's always had his goals um in pictures on his wardrobe um just and he I think he's pretty much reached every goal um, within the time frame, you know, because he just, he's just so focused, so ambitious, but he's also such a lovely person as well. Like, um, I don't know anyone that doesn't like him. Um, so he's a massive inspiration and he, he is so good at using resources and, and absorbing information from people and learning from people. Um, and I love that about him. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. And, and a lot of yourself, so we've never met before other than social media and WhatsApp messages to arrange this. And yeah. I see so much of your 
your the way that you carry yourself, the way that you're open, you express yourself, you, you're vulnerable at times also too to the people that follow you. You're really honest. And I can just see so much of your brother within you because I've met James, I've met yourself and I know your family are doing so well. You're all doing your own thing, which is wonderful. Your mum and dad have done such a brilliant job. Oh. If I can have children, my children grow up, all doing such great things like you guys I'll be a really happy oh, parent that's for sure and you. when I see some of the things that you say and some of the things that you do I can hear James and I can I can yeah. see James within there so you can see that clearly he's been a role model to you are you the are you the youngest Connie? No Bradley's the youngest so it goes James, Elliot, me then Bradley so I'm the only girl. Um, How was that growing up? Brilliant I think it's made me the woman I am today to be honest um I think one it's like I've never not felt equal to a man ever um it was it was like if you can't beat them join them and like mum and dad never stopped me from playing football and it never was their boys toys their girls toys it was just like you lot crack on and um so yeah, I've never felt inferior to a man. I've never felt intimidated by men, which is great um, because I know a lot of women can. Um, my dad's also amazing. My dad's all, also always pushed me and never, I've never felt limited um, because I'm a, a woman. Um, and it's definitely given me thick skin. <laughs> I remember like in primary school, you get away with it a bit more and didn't mind a bit of rough and tumble playing football and tag rugby and stuff like that but also emotionally like you know you you when you grow up in a house where your brothers are arguing over FIFA and they just give each other a dead leg and then they move on you think that's normal you think right I don't I didn't go around school giving people dead legs don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong but I mean as in like if someone pissed me off I would say like no nah, that's not on you're annoying me but I didn't realize that girls who weren't brought up the same as me were sensitive or didn't girls don't handle things in that way most of the time so when I went to high school I really had to adapt and I found it hard like I do find it easier to be around blokes sometimes really? because at least you know what they're thinking mm. whereas when I'm around a group of girls I'm definitely more introvert I'm definitely more conscious I'm definitely more um reserved um so, yeah, what reason do you think that is, Connie? Why do you think when you're around girls, you're more introvert, more reserved, more aware? Because, one, I've not had a, the easiest time with girls at school, older girls at school, a few bullies. Um, and then also just bitchiness. Like, I hate the thought of people talking about me behind my back and not being able to defend myself. And so sometimes I'd rather not give them a reason to talk about me and just keep quiet sometimes. Yeah. You know? And how have you found that then being a kind of a, you, you know, you're an author, you're a blogger, you're an influencer, you've got your own book, which is amazing. You're doing so many things. So you clearly are in the public limelight. So how, how have you found that in terms of, have you had any, any challenges with that kind of putting yourself out there so authentically as you do? Absolutely. Like I don't get trolled a lot online. But I have had, I have been trolled. I guess people feel they can have an opinion on you, um, good or bad, because, because I put, not all of my life, trust me, like people don't know half of what's going on in my life. Um, but because I do put my life out there, I think people think it's an invitation to then criticize and to have an opinion. And that can be hard. And I know my partner finds it a lot harder than I do. I've learned to sort of like, not really give a shit, to be honest. Like if, mm. I, if I don't even know you, I've never met you before. Your opinion on my life is really irrelevant. Um, but my partner finds it harder knowing that people know that we've moved house or people know in that what he does for a living. He's definitely a lot more private than me. So it's finding that balance. And there's also awful websites out there like Tattle where you can literally search your name and every conversation about you on that forum comes up and it's all negative. Um, I've only gone on there once because I heard about it and I was like, what do you mean? What is this website? I was intrigued, but never again will I go on there because one, I don't care if, if you've got time to go on a forum like that to slag people off, then I am not interested in what you have to say. 
Like I am too busy getting on with my life, achieving great things to even have a minute to just, like, I don't even do that in WhatsApp groups with my friends. Like, so those sorts of people, their comments and stuff are completely like not important to me, but I know a lot of influencers who it's really affected their mental health. And it's really, some of them have come off Instagram and can't do it anymore because of these strangers and what they say. So, yeah. yeah. And how was it for you then? You talked about when you was at school, it wasn't always so easy with you with some bullying for, from other girls. And, and it's amazing, Connie, how many ladies that I've spoken to that have, I'm like, I would say the biggest percentage have been through some kind of bullying, name calling, critique. Mm-hmm. I had um, a phenomenal young lady on a few weeks ago, Ellie, who's a, Ellie Baker, who's a, a, a GB athlete. She's striving for the mm-hmm. Olympics. And she talked about why, when at school she was getting called chicken legs because she was so thin. And those chicken legs are now going to be on a track potentially in the Olympics and how them yeah. people now follow her and encourage her. Yeah. But many years ago called her names and she talked about how she managed to kind of just block out the noise and stay focused on what she wanted to achieve. How did you handle that at school? And how did that fuel you to do what you do now, do you think? Um, at school... I think having that, that um, having such a great home life and great parents and family around me that never put me down and like it was a safe place. A lot of kids who get bullied at school then go home and get bullied at home. Like that's when it's really damaging. For me, I feel like that bullying now when I look back has given me my story. It's like um, it was the first ever time that I was conscious of my body because these bullies were older than me they were more experienced about life they were like wondering whether I had cellulite and stretch marks and like analyzing my body before even I analyzed my body um you know I was only like 14 or whatever but I was quite developed you know I was quite womanly and I think that's why I was a target for the older girls because the older guys were attracted to me because Mm. I looked older um but I think, I think having that thick skin, having brothers that support that family network, mum and dad always giving me confidence. I always knew in me that I was better than that. Like I almost empathize. I almost thought, cool, if, 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 if I, if they're doing this to me, then what must their lives be like? I'm quite an yeah. old soul. So even as a 15 year old, 14, 15 year old girl, I used to think that way. I used to think, I think my dad said it to me once. If, if these people are bullying you, you know, there must be something wrong at home. There's a reason why they're doing it. You know, you have to rise above it. And that was really valuable. And it helps me with my job now when there's a troll, someone hiding behind an anonymous, I can't talk, anonymous account. You know, mm. there's a reason why they're doing that. And, you know, they've got their own issues and I just try and rise above it. Um, but I've got friends who don't have that strength and that confidence who, you know, went home to, you know, dramas at home, mums and dads not getting on, dads cheating and didn't have the safe haven that I had. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what got me through it. And, you know, now with my work, I'm all about, you know, giving women confidence and empowering women because I hate the thought of a woman sitting at home feeling worthless. I can't tell you how much it upsets me. You know, mm. it really breaks my heart that, you know, there's women out there that lack that, that much confidence. And what, for what reason do you think, Connie, that that bothers you that much? What's so deep in you that that really empowers you to do what you do? I think it's because when I've had those moments of not feeling beautiful enough, feeling fat, feeling ugly, um, lacking confidence um, in the workplace, it's like it kills me. Um, But I know I've got the strength and the tools and the support network to get out of that. So it doesn't take me long. We all have ups and downs in life. But when I know that, that someone hasn't got those tools and that inner strength or inner voice, like, I guess I've always been a leader and I've always been like the one that sticks up for the friends, the one that defends people, I've never tolerated bullying at school. I mean, I got bullied, but if I ever saw someone else get bullied, I was straight there, 
you know yeah. <laughs> like I just I just I guess it maybe it's a personality thing I just can't bear it I can't bear and I feel like when I just don't like people looking seeming vulnerable I guess and when I think of women lacking confidence to the point where you know they're not going out or you know they're crying every day about the way they look they're in a vulnerable position and I want to help them Amazing. And, and I think you, you're so right with that, Connie. Often when things happen to you, you're okay with it because you know you, you can deal with it and it doesn't bother you. But other people seem to be more emotionally affected by what's happening to you than what if it was yeah. happening to them. And, and I think that's a great point. Often I see people and I'm like, I, I just can't stand seeing that person in distress. But if that was happening to me, I know I've got what it takes to overcome that where that person may not. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons that you're going into, I know you've, you're looking at becoming a coach and uh, a confidence coach. Is that what it's going to be mainly around, supporting people with developing more confidence? Yeah, I believe so. I think, I think that's what I'm good at. Um, it's what I'm passionate about. And like, even on the days where I don't feel fully body confident, I still know that I am capable of so much I've got to this point where it's like I want I just want to make other people feel that really I think I think that you know I'm not saying I'm perfect or you know I'm going to become a confidence coach or a life coach or a transformational coach because my life's perfect it's because you know I'm at a point where even on the days where I'm feeling a bit meh you know, like I was saying before, I've got those tools and I just think they're so valuable and I want to share that. Um, yeah. And I think as well, like becoming a mum, like it knocked my confidence so much in terms of work and business and career. Like after I had Macy, I think after three months, I wanted to work. I wanted to earn my own money because just couldn't bear asking Ricky for money. Um but I just, my confidence was rock bottom. So I want to help mums get back to work, feeling confident. I want to help women like in business. Um, but yeah, it's probably all based around confidence, I'd say. And when you say, Connie, that you've got the tools, you know, to, to get yourself out of that, if your confidence is rock bottom, what kind of tools are you referring to there? It's just mindset, you know, like... Um, well, there's, there's things you can do. Like yesterday, I've, I was feeling really overwhelmed. So I got loads of A4 sheets of paper and I wrote every aspect of my life that's on my mind. So like I basically wrote my brain out on the table. I had Macy, I had Instagram, podcast, um, health and fitness, like all these aspects of my life in highlighters and then bullet pointed the things I'm worrying about in um in regards to all those aspects and they're all on the mirror now stuck there and it just the weight that it lifted off my shoulders just to have it on that piece of paper to stick it on the mirror so it's there and also so Ricky can see because sometimes it's hard to articulate to the you know your partner or the people around you what you're thinking about what you're worrying about why you're feeling overwhelmed it's easy for them to be like oh like what's wrong like come on you're fine look at you're engaged now like you got a nice flat you're like loving life um so like writing it down like that I think it's really useful and it just it's almost like a brain dump isn't it and yeah. I went from feeling like a bit of a failure yesterday morning to going to bed feeling like bloody superwoman I even made <laughs> banana bread and I didn't even think I'd get a wash on like like so little things like that I've learned through reading and following the right people obviously through my course but also mindset working on your mindset like I've got to a point where my positive voice and my inner strength is so much stronger than that imposter or that negative voice it takes time it takes work but um you know reading the right materials and just realizing that you know they're just thoughts and you know when you're thinking about thinking and when you get to that point where you'll know you're just thinking um and you can actually change the way you think it's so powerful I know that sounds so simple and I know you know this anyway because you're a coach but it is so powerful when a negative imposter horrible comment or like 
you know, comes into your head to know that's just a thought. Shut up, Connie. Who are you? <laughs> flick it. Like, I just feel like it's like a mosquito and I just flick it and I try and flip it. And um, I've always been quite competitive. And I guess it's like a competitiveness within myself. Like, you're not going to win. Go away. Connie, you got this. Come on now. And just yeah. tackling, tackling everything bit by bit. Um, something I learned recently, it's like eating an elephant. You've got to do it in chunks. So, yeah. So interesting. And isn't it interesting that one day you wake up and you feel like a failure and then you do an exercise and you feel like superwoman and making banana bread and getting the washing on or whatever else. It's like, and, and your bank balance has probably not changed so much. Your life's not changed so much. It's just the way that you think and creates the way that you feel that's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. And and just by doing an exercise there that you did, writing it all down, it freed you up of all of that burden that you was carrying. And what what do you think triggers it, Connie? That one minute like you, everything's cool and you feel good and you, you you're confident in yourself, and then you wake up one day and you feel like a failure and you're overwhelmed. What do you think happens in that window? Um with me it's several things so like hormones play a huge part for me so I now really keep a close eye and track everything so I know that if I've got you know I'm I'm hormonal one week I can manage my expectations better I don't put so much pressure on myself that week and that's really helped but also like it can just be like a series of events so I might I most most days wake up great like really positive yeah. person in the morning I don't wake up I wake up you know, excited for the day ahead. I tend to plan my day the night before as well. I find that really helpful. Um, and it will be a series of events. It might be like to the, today, for example, really bad traffic, you know, more than usual. Macy's whinging in the back of the car. That's, you know, that's annoying. Then, you know, I might lose a job you know, with a, with a brand on Instagram, they might've gone with someone else. So all these little things, usually yesterday it was cause we're trying to move and there's a lot going on. And then like, I just felt really overwhelmed with that really awful neighbor we've got at the moment. Um, and it all just hit me, you know, at once feeling a little bit run down. And I think also like, I do, I do have days where, it could be something as simple as Macy just being in a bad mood and it puts me in a bad mood. And then I, and then I start thinking about all these issues and stuff that I had to write down yesterday. So I think it's just being a mum, like as well, just <laughs> brain doesn't stop. I don't really know. I just, I don't even know that's answered your question. I just think for me, it's not usually one big thing that makes me go from feeling like a superwoman to a failure it's usually like a few things in a row and then I'm just like oh my god have I even got control of my life yeah it, it, I think that's so true that for, for a perfect example is a, a week or so ago um I, I hurt my neck to the point that I was so debilitated I couldn't get off the sofa or get out of bed I had to roll to my side have someone hold my head to be able to get out of bed and then eight days later I'm back training again now when I went to see the host to the hospital, the doctor said, you've, you've damaged your neck muscles. And he talked me through what I'd done. And I said to him, how have I done that? Because all I did was look to my left. He said, no, that, that's the final thing that you did. He said, but there'll be a stacking system. There'll be lots of things that you've been doing repetitively, repetitively over a period of time. And that one little glance to your left has been the final thing. Yeah, and it's it. like what you're saying there, that there's, it's like, Usually if Macy's maybe not in a great mood, you're cool with that. But then if there's something else and you've lost a job and then you're moving house and then the neighbor and before you know it, it's everything. Yeah. And it all becomes catastrophized into like there's so many things. But by doing what you did, you separated them and go, actually, I'm OK with that because I can deal with that. I'm OK with this. I know what I need to do. And I think that's a great strategy for anybody listening to this of we all feel overwhelmed because we all, lots of us want, people won't be listening to this if they don't want more from life. They just won't be. You're not going to listen to a full podcast to just critique somebody. Uh, I very much doubt. So hopefully people that are listening are thinking, what could they take away from Connie Simmons that they could apply to their life? So they want more from life. And I think when you want more, sometimes your expectations of yourself become quite high. And if you don't meet them, you feel like a failure and quite deflated in yourself. 
But I like what you said there about looking at your week and going, well, if I'm hormonal at this period, let's not put so much expectation that I'm going to be at my best all week. And I saw something that you put on social media that you said, a great thing out of being hormonal is that I deliver great content at, at times because I'm like straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me emotional. It makes me really think deeply. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with this. And obviously I've got like 90 something percent women following me. So I'm like, they all can relate in some way. Um, usually when I'm feeling amazing, and life's amazing. I don't like to post because I'm like, am I bragging about being feeling good? And like, <laughs> really, really, like, you know, I didn't want to post too much about being engaged. And like, I'm always conscious of people following me that, you know, it could affect negatively, which is, yeah. you know. I like that. I like that you put that consideration into your post because you are in a position to influence people in a, in a great way or not as well as some people do with the things that they put. I also find it really interesting that our culture, we talk about not wanting to be seen as bragging or I don't want to say too much great stuff because I'm feeling good because somebody following me might not be feeling so good. And then you start to challenge, should I just talk about my challenges or should I talk about my yeah. successes too? And how do you find that balance then? It's hard because... It's hard because, yeah, like you said, you don't want to come across bragging. It's really important for me to come across authentic and I don't think anyone's life is perfect. It doesn't matter how much money you've got, how many followers you've got, nobody's life is perfect. And I think it's really important to portray that. I don't enjoy following Instagram accounts that are perfect and aesthetically perfect. Doesn't inspire me uh because also because I'm in the industry as well I know it's bullshit um so I guess just as long as I'm being authentic then that's what matters um it's fine yeah it's finding that balance of like not wanting your account to then just be negative all the time like you're moaning about your life because my life's amazing <laughs> and like um but at the same time um I guess yeah, I think, I think my mum will tell me, Connie, all right, stop moaning now. If if it's getting too much, she'll message me. She'll send me a little message saying, Connie, I think you should delete that. I think I said the other day, oh my god, cleaning my flat or whatever. Mum's like, Connie, for God's sake, like you've got one child. Like there's people with like millions of children, single mums out there. Just pull yourself together, you know. So my mum will let me know if I've gone too far. <laughs> We're all in. That's obviously great. Yeah, we're obviously all entitled to moan. Um, and, you know, I, I work like two jobs and stuff, but um, it's all under control. And I feel like really lucky that I can do that. Um, but yeah, it's that fine line between being too negative, being too positive and it coming across arrogant and braggy. And it's just like, oh, some days you really feel like you can't please everyone. So as long as yeah. you're authentic and you're true to yourself. And also, I think it's also really important for anyone listening that if you are finding it difficult to follow certain accounts on Instagram, um, you're comparing your life. One, you can always unfollow. But I feel like that's an easy option. I feel like I'm following someone because you can't bear to see how great their life is. I say that in speech marks is the first step for you to say, right, I'm not happy with my life. I need to check. Something needs to change because I'm following people and I'm not happy for them. For me, that is like, yeah, uncomfortable, an uncomfortable conversation to have with yourself, but it's an important one. Yeah. unfollowing and just following people that you can bear to follow isn't healthy for, for, for your mind like you need to learn to be happy for people that you think you think are doing better than you I mean we're all on our own journey and on our own path um maybe it's maybe it's a, a question of are you spending too much on social media and comparing your life to everyone else's life rather than actually focusing on your life yeah you know? I think those questions people that I think that's important for people to you know have those questions with themselves so when I am posting positive stuff and I'm like I am going to post another picture about my engagement I do think in that moment if someone's following me and they find it too much they need to look within them 
because yeah. it's not my responsibility to make everyone happy. I can't please everyone. Yeah. It's back to your earlier point about the bullying that you showed empathy for the bullies because you know it's coming from a place within them. And it's the same thing. If somebody's viewing an account and not feeling so great about it, it's often because it's it's touching something in themselves of yeah. what they're lacking or what they're not doing. And they can be envious rather than inspired. And I think so important to be inspired by the people that you follow and go, wow, look at what they've done. How can I apply what they've done to my life to improve my life? Not how can I be them? How can I learn from yeah, them to apply it to what I want to do? When you was a child growing up, did you ever envisage that you would be kind of a, an influencer, a blogger, an author, writing books on? I know you've done your 60 recipes. And I like the way that said um, 60 recipes for weight loss kind of gone forever so it's not kind of unsustainable that you do something for six weeks then you put the weight back on it's a long-term sustainable plan did you ever think that you would be doing this or what was the dream for you as a kid can you remember like was it I want to be a footballer like your brothers or what was it for you I don't think influence was even a thing was it I don't think so not when I when I was when I was at school I mean it's so different I heard somebody uh, actually, I listened to one of your podcasts with Katie Meehan um, the other day, and she talked about when she was at school being told off for being on Facebook too much when she was at school. And I'm thinking, and it took me back to being at school when it was a football in a plastic carrier bag that yeah, you took yeah. to school. And you just, the mobile phones wasn't invented then. So there was none. And then I was thinking, crikey it realigned myself with today's generation of the challenges that they face. And at lunchtime at break, they're checking Facebook where we're taking our jumpers off for goalposts to play yeah. football. And yeah. so influencer, when I was a kid, the internet wasn't around. So I guess when you was younger, the internet was, but at what point did you start to think of yourself to become who you are today? Or what did you want to be when you was at school growing up? I... I was captain of the netball team, deputy head girl, didn't get head girl, which was really, really annoying. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> My speech wasn't as good as that girl, but I ended up doing all the work. I think she just wanted it for her, for her CV or her entry into uni. Um, and just, yeah, all, like good at sport, but I, I don't think I knew what I wanted to be but I knew I wanted to be a manager, a CEO, a director. Um, I knew I wanted to be at the top. I didn't know how I was going to get there. Um, I went into, I did business and marketing at university. Um, my first ever work experience was at Saatchi and Saatchi advertising company. So I did want to go down the route of selling advertisement. Karen Brady is a massive inspiration of mine. And that's what she, that's what she did. That was her, one of her first jobs. So I wanted to go down that route. And then it just, it just, I just follow, I've just followed the path that like, I've just grabbed opportunities that have come my way. You know, when I left uni, I worked at Gumtree uh, owned by eBay. You must know Gumtree. Yeah. Um, I was selling advertising space there that was ruthless, like very male dominant environment. I was not, I don't think I was ready for it. I did my best. I've, I often was in the toilet crying because it was so cutthroat. Um, and then I left there and became a digital marketing manager for a, for a cable company, like, like electrical cable. Oh my God, how boring. But the, the the director there was a woman and I found her really inspiring and she was great. And she always looked after the women at the company, like mums and stuff like that. And I really liked that. I felt really mm. comfortable there. And then Bradley, my brother, his success, I've always done his coursework for him. He's always like paid me 20 quid to do his homework, like, and it hasn't changed. He now pays <laughs> me to be his ghostwriter. And I left my marketing job at that company to be his ghostwriter for his book. Uh, and I do all his accounts, his admin, um, customer service for get it done. Um, and 
um, when I was writing his book, because it was like, I literally, I halved my salary. I, I went from earning 36 grand a year as a 23 year old to I think like not even 12 grand. To work I with just, Bradley. To work for Bradley. Like, I don't know what it was, but there was something in my gut that said, I, I had a mobile makeup company on the side. So I had, I was also earning a bit of cash in hand there. And my following was growing through my makeup. So I was like, look, maybe I can concentrate on the makeup and maybe that's my calling. Whilst I work for Bradley, I'm living at home. I've got, mum and dad said, I don't have to pay rent while I've make, making this choice. Like, let me just get by my feet. Um, and Bradley took me on this health and fitness journey. He was like, right, if you're going to work for me, then, you know, you need to get healthy. Like, I was in a really bad place with my health and body confidence. And so while I'm writing his book, I'm also training with him in the mornings, training with his clients. Like they'd let me come along and I made loads of friends that way as well. And then I didn't know that a, a publishing house was watching my journey and they followed me for six months to make sure it was a sustainable, healthy weight loss journey. And then they approached me for a book. And wow. that's when that's when my following on Instagram really grew because it was at a time when it's not even that long ago, like four years ago, five years ago now, it was at a time when it was all about fad diets and like how to lose weight in seven days and like boom board and all that was out. And it was really, really unhealthy and it was really affecting people. And also all fitness influencers and videos were girls were tiny. Like it was all about low body fat percentage. This whole body confidence, body positive movement hadn't started really and I said to Bradley you should put me on your Instagram because your Instagram is just models all you you only train models on there yeah and it's not relatable put me on there I will be vulnerable you can show people and share our journey together and how you can change my life transform my life that's my marketing background my business background I've always helped Bradley with his branding and making sure his message is right um and we went for it and it was a massive hit. Um, we like, I mean, have I, am I even staying on the question here? I told you I can speak for England. You can, you, you can talk about whatever you want. You're my this guest. Is, I'm funny. trying to talk about where, how I've got to this point now of my life. Yeah, as an you definitely are. You definitely are. <laughs> and, I, and I'm and, loving the story. It's brilliant. And um, it was like a huge success. And uh, I gained a really strong, loyal following of women that could relate to me. And so many of them still follow me now. Um, and yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't often see like a size, I was a size 16 then, like woman exercising and showing real graft, you know, like sweating and like struggling, being honest. Like, like it's, you know, I'm always motivated and this is hard. Um, food, recipes, all of that. It was really good fun. Um, and me and Bradley got really close and we're still really close. And you know what? We sold a plan, how to lose weight like me. And it was, it was actually really good workouts, really realistic recipes, not like half a chicken breast with a wholemeal yeah. wrap and like two bits of cucumber. Like some of the plans out there are so damaging. It was real food. You know, I'm such a foodie. I am such a foodie. I love food. Um, <laughs> I really do. Um, so that was really important for me as well. Um, and we sold enough for me to save a deposit, sold enough plans to save a deposit for a flat in London. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, it wasn't, we didn't do it for the money. We didn't know that we were going to make a plan out of it, but because everyone was asking, you know, I got on Canva, I created a plan, you know, Amazing. I was in charge of all the admin and payments and stuff. And then I guess that was also the start of Bradley's creating plans pdfs and now this this subscription site that he's got so we were on that journey together uh, and we I still work for him and support him and stuff um but yeah it, it was it was amazing and it you know i i do i was probably the only size 12 fitness influencer at these events uh, at the time i was going to these events and you know it was the same faces and they're all tiny and it was just me but god was i fit i think i was fitter than a lot of them as well which yeah. gave me that confidence of 
you know, doesn't matter that you're bigger. Bradley's training you like an athlete. Like you are fit, you know, you are strong. Like, and being comfortable with my genetics and my makeup and like, I'm not naturally a thin person, but that yeah. doesn't make me any less worthy or any less powerful, any less strong, you know? So that was really good. I guess like when you're, when you're looking after yourself and you're investing time in yourself and your health, you become confident. I really strongly believe in look good, feel good. If you think you look good, you feel good and vice versa. Um, yeah. And I learned that through that journey. Trying to achieve that now as a mum with two jobs is the story. That's been a massive challenge. And I am a different person to what I was then because all I had to think about was me then. Yeah. So now it comes with different challenges. Yeah. But my health and my happiness is still at the forefront. And I, and I think that's such a brilliant thing. Firstly, Bradley finding a way to get his sister to come and work with him for 12 grand a year from 36. So he's, he's done really well there. But also, <laughs> but, 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 but also um, for you being courageous enough to take that step because it felt right. You said that it just felt, felt right. And you took that step. And you can see just from listening to the way that you've spoken about it there that the, the what you've learned from working with Brad is then led you on to write your book and get healthy yourself and then to realize that by looking good, you feel good and you get more confidence from that. And just because somebody is a size six, eight or 10, it doesn't make you less worthy if you're a 12, 14, 16, because you can be super fit at any size. And I think from that journey of your courage of actually taking that step, Bradley kind of working out how to get you in for 12 grand a year and your mum giving you the free rent. and It's just a brilliant story. And then to know that you managed to get a deposit for your house from, from the plans that you were doing. And, and often these ideas are born from wanting to help and make a difference. And then gradually they do become monetized because it just seems to work that way, doesn't it? That you follow the passion yeah. and then you find a way to monetize it. And you said there that kind of the challenge that you face now is that before it was just you and now obviously you've got a child there you've got two jobs and how are you balancing life at the moment then with doing all the things that you're already doing and all the things that you want to do which we'll come on to in a minute and having a little one running around how are you taking care of your own health do you book in regular exercise sessions or is it just fit it in when you can do it I've joined a netball team which was a long time coming just because, well, I realized that guy like Ricky and my brothers and stuff, they, they, I feel like men are really much better at like going, right, I'm going to join a football team or whatever. And putting that time aside to be with their mates and to switch off. I feel like a lot of the time when you say to women, I oh, watch your hobby. We're like, um, shopping. Is that a hobby? Like, Whereas men like tend to like our oh, football, golf, like really make t make that time. And I was I noticed that, and I was like, right, I need to do that for me, because when he was coming in from training, he was like a new man, and I needed a bit of that, you know. Yeah. So joined a netball team. I've only had one session so far, but God, it's a game changer. An hour and a half, forgot about the world. It was um, it's been amazing. But what it's also done is made me feel determined and motivated to get fit again because I don't want to let the team down. Like I've still got it. Like I've still got, you know, the skill and I can read the game, um, and that's all still there. But my fitness is what's lacking. So joining that team has really given me like the the encouragement. Being consistent with my fitness is really hard. It's really hard, um, not just because of time, but energy as well. Like some days, and especially again, like when you're hormonal, you're drained of energy. It's really hard to dig deep. So I, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm trying to get better at. Um, but being kind to myself as well, because I don't want to burn out. So it's like that finding that balance is an ongoing, an ongoing challenge. Macy's two now, and I, I'm definitely better than what I was. I literally for a moment thought my life was over, you know, and that's like really honest for me to say, because it doesn't mean I don't love my child or I'm not grateful because you, you, you often get that comment thrown at you. But I didn't realize that becoming a mum would take up as much time as it does. 
that sounds really I was so naive I knew that it was going to be hard but you don't really listen to anyone when you want to be a mum you want to be a mum and you're ready to try for a baby you want to try for a baby and I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to be this the career woman and the health and fitness enthusiasts that I was before I had her I can but it's going to take longer yeah and I think that I think I think that's fair to say like you know she's still there and and I'm not prepared to lose my identity I'm not prepared to lose the corny I was before but that's been the biggest challenge you know yeah it's been a big challenge I mean I forgot that childcare existed at one point as well. I was like, how do you do this? How do you work with a child? But it's like, there's childcare options, but then that costs money. So then it's the pressure again. Okay. Well, if you're going to get childcare, then you have to work and you've got to make it work, especially when you're self-employed and you don't know what's coming in each month. So yeah, it's come with loads of challenges, but the thing that keeps me going and keeps me on track and keeps me feeling like I'm getting somewhere is just writing short-term, long-term goals, daily to-do lists, ticking those lists off, brain dump any worries. Um, They're the best techniques for me. That's what works for me. My to-do list every day is so effective. So, so effective. This is what you're going to do today. Tick them off. If you've done that today, then you're one step closer to where you want to be, you know? Yeah. And that's how my mind works. Uh, and some days there's only three things on there because I feel like that's all I can manage. Um, mm. And the days that I don't have Macy, like today, uh, and Wednesdays and Thursdays, I cram it in. I cram it in. Like work is my time for me. I don't really have time for myself apart from netball now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of sacrifice has been made, um, but I think it's made me a better person becoming a mum. A more, well, like, understanding, open-minded, less assuming, less judgmental person. Your mum obviously made it look very easy with four of you then. And, you know, you're like, I was so naive going into it. <laughs> it's like, your mum's running around with three boys and a daughter. It's car- it must be carnage. My mum made, <laughs> made it look easy. Or, or I'm sure it wasn't, but we never knew or were aware when it was tough or stressed. She was just very good. At, she was, she's yeah. a natural. She really is a natural. But she also, she did work two days a week when we were all, once we all went to school um, and that was tough. I know that was tough talking to her now, um, but we've never gone without. Um, and I, ideally, if I could have all my kids and wait till they all go to school before I start working again, that would be great. But I'm just not in a position to do that. I feel yeah. like I'd have four kids too if I only had to worry about my four kids. But today's day like you just can't afford to do that mm. and where do you want to be you said earlier that you know you write down your tasks that help you move to where you want to be what kind of ambitions have you got for yourself because you've come so far so fast and in terms of when you you took the opportunity to work with your brother to creating your own brand your your own book and your own podcast you've got a great following what's next for you what have you got any ambitions of where you want to get to or are you just seeing how things go I'm oh, always got goals. I've got, I've got to have goals. I've got to know what I'm working towards. So important. Um, I'd, I mean, saying it out loud, you know, you're just like, I've learned on my coaching course that like ha- dream big, you know, dream big, like don't play it safe. And for me, like being a, a renowned coach, um, public speaking, you know, being paid to, to share like the confidence that I have now, I now have to share my mindset to like share the tools that I have to be paid to do that would be incredible to be paid well as well. Like I want to, I want to live really comfortably. Um, I want to see the world. Um, I want to have a coaching business where I've got online courses and workshops. I just want to empower women. I want to make women feel good, but I want to be, you know, a credible coach. Uh, I want to work with brands like you do. Like, I think that's amazing. Um, 
I, yeah, I want to feel proud of what I do. I think a lot of the time with me, like to say, oh, I'm an influencer. I don't, I don't feel fulfilled in saying that. I don't feel like I've reached my final destination. And that's another thing I've learned. Like a lot of the time humans think like, this is life. Life is like ongoing, constant, ever-changing. And my journey has shown that I've gone from marketing and business, makeup artist, uh, fitness influencer, to now mum, health, lifestyle, all-round influencer, author, to becoming a coach. Like I never thought that I was going to become a coach. And this still might not be my final destination, but it's definitely the next step. And I, I want to, I want to be a really successful coach. I want to feel proud. I, I do feel proud of what I do. It's really hard to explain. I think influencers get a bad name, but I'm not, I'm not one of those influencers. I know I do good. I know I share good. I know my message is positive, but um, yeah, it's not my final destination. And I'm excited to not have to rely on Instagram for finance, like for money, um I don't like not feeling in control of my growth you you don't control your growth on Instagram you know I like whereas when I set up this coaching business this summer I'm in control of that you know and that 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 feels good um so that's my biggest thing um and I'd like to start up a property development company on the side with my partner um and that be our I guess our retirement project. I mean, I'm, I don't want to, I, I, I know that's me really thinking ahead now, but you know, he, he's really successful, does really well, but like, I'm just never been someone that will, I can't rely on that. You know, yeah. he wants to be the one that ensures we have nice holidays and nice house and security and we can look after friends and family if they need it. But so am I. So, you know, I'm like, right, this coaching company is going to pay for our property development business. But he's thinking what he's doing is going to pay for it. So we're both like working towards the same goal. Um, Yeah. And I like that. But yeah, I think property development, big coaching company. um, I'd love a column in a magazine. Like I just want to be more. I want my message to be heard on, on a greater scale, basically. I love it. And you're speaking it into existence on here as well, which is really cool. Uh, so you said you want to travel the world. So when me and you speak in, say, 12 months time or 24 months time, hopefully we'll speak before, but we do another one of these. And I say, OK, Connie, last time we spoke, you said you want to travel the world. Where's one place that you would definitely have been the next time we do one of these in, say, 12 months time? What's the place that's like, I really want to go there? I feel like this might be cheating. We've already got the Caribbean booked. We're going it's to, got to be Lucia. somewhere different. It's got to be somewhere that's not okay. on the... Okay, Italy. I haven't been to Italy yet. So I've been to Greece, Spain, France, Amsterdam, loads of places in Europe. But Italy is somewhere that I want to go to. Whereabouts, Connie? Um, oh, I'm... St- I watched... I watched What's-His-Name... Oh my god! Why can't I remember his name? DeCampo. What's he called again? Gino DeCampo. Right. He had a he had a program uh, on ITV, and he travelled the north of Italy on on like the train that they have there, and it's like seven euros a day. And I would love to do that. Just all the little villages. I'm not really someone that wants to go to tourist attractions. I want to go to the authentic, like Italian little villages. Yeah. Sitting. Yeah, someone's living room and eat homemade pasta like made by their grandma like um and we were brought up on holidays like that dad used to take us to Mallorca and we used to stay in the middle of nowhere and like one night we went to someone's house for dinner like they had a rest like their restaurant in their house and we had like rabbit stew or something Spanish rabbit stew or whatever which is like unusual for kids but like, I'm so grateful for my dad for that we never went on sort of typical British Brit abroad holidays so I'd love to do that I'd love to do a really authentic Italian holiday not don't really mind where to be honest I'm really because I want to see more than one part of Italy but I just need to get to Italy I love it and now I was very fortunate to experience in a way that you've just said there one of my greatest friends growing up and still today is Italian 
And about 14, 16 years ago, his family was going over to Bologna to visit family and he asked me if I wanted to go. So we went over there and downstairs was the mum and dad and upstairs was the daughter and her family. But every night they came down and every, every night came down and ate together. Like wow. they had a meal and I was sat there. And honestly, I've never eaten so much food. It was just course after course after course. Yeah. And, and all the grandma did that was living downstairs. She just, she made breakfast. Then she prepared lunch and then she prepared the evening meal all day cooking. And I remember on um, this, this occasion, we, we lived there. So I was there for 10 days and it was amazing. I'm just eating all their food. And my friend's uncle um, owned a market store. So they had their own like apple trees wow. and everything outside. So he used to take all their own products and he had his own market stall of all fruit that used to be open. You know, in the UK, people are drunk buying kebabs and pizzas. Over there, they're at the market store buying oranges and pears and apples and bananas off his stand. And I was like, it's half two in the morning and people are buying fruit wow. after going for a meal. So I got the opportunity to actually live Italian for the 10 days. We had these old Italian bikes that we would park at the train station, get wow. on a train, travel to Venice, travel to Bologna and just travel yeah. around. It was just wonderful. But I totally agree. I like the realness. I like to know the culture, the people. Yeah, I want to live with people that are actually authentically Italian, not stay in a hotel that I could be in any part of the world, really. Yeah, that's So it. that's a place. And you said you'd also like to have your own column in a magazine or be in a magazine. What would the magazine be? Um... Women's Health would be a good one, Health Magazine, um, or it's, it's hard to say because you don't, I don't want to, I don't, I think Health and Wellbeing Magazine would be, yeah. I haven't, don't know exactly what one, I mean, I've, I've got connections at Women's Health, so it could be a, you know, a good start, um, but obviously not gossip magazines or anything like that staring <laughs> away from those um just uh, yeah I, I'd say I'd say a health and well-being magazine because I think coaching uh, that plays a huge part um towards our mental health you know it's yeah. all about mindset um one of the girls that I've been coaching she's actually this is no like some people need counselors some people need therapists like coaching is different you can or you can see both she was seeing a counselor while I was coaching her and she felt that it was the right time to leave her counselor and just work with me um because she wanted to just focus on future goals and like just that uh, you know alone and I think that that's missing out there like don't see you don't see a lot of that um yeah. so I think that could be really beneficial and also you said earlier, which I really like, that you've always wanted to be at the top. You've always wanted to be a leader. You've always wanted to be a manager. What, what was it that's always fueled you to kind of do that? You said you always wanted to be a CEO. And I guess you are the CEO now of your own self, aren't you? Yeah. You know, which is nothing greater than that. Do you envisage yourself becoming a, a business figure? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think I've got the qualities for it. I think I've got... I think I've got the attributes needed. I don't, like I said before, I don't know everything, you know, you almost learn on the job, but I do think I would make a good, a good uh, director, manager of, of my own company though, you know, I realise that I've got to be so passionate about the product and the brand and like really deep, deep, deep. Um, so yeah, I think one day, be nice to have a little team um and I think I'd be a really good boss I think I'd be quite modern like I don't think I'd be old school at all I want to have flexible like flexible working um you know I want I want to be I would want to be the director that's got their door open you know that you can approach you can speak to I think that's yeah. really important like I've worked in places where it's really intimidating and you just feel really lost amongst it all amongst the chaos don't want to be that I don't want to intimidate people don't want to be a boss that you fear um so yeah we'll see what happens um I don't know I might I might just be a one-man band forever um but be nice to have a PA that would be nice 
<laughs> you, you'll be you'll be able to hire Bradley for twelve k a year, won't you? Uh, yeah, so, right. <laughs> Probably get that for get, one Instagram post. <laughs> yeah, I was say you, you might get him for a day. <laughs> yeah, God. But, um, I heard yeah, on yeah. your podcast that I listened to that at the end of the podcast you like to ask, "What advice would you give to your younger self?" I think was the question. Now, the, the question I'm going to ask you, I want you to fast forward because you said you. You mentioned about retirement and you think forward. You like to strive for, for goals. What, if I said to you, what advice would your 80-year-old self give you today for a better tomorrow? So I'm going to ask you three areas. So imagine your 80-year-old self now. So you're coming into the later chapters of the Connie Simmons book. What's one thing that your 80-year-old self would advise you today to stop doing that's not serving you well? Um slow down in a way stop trying to do everything at once um focus on one thing at a time because you're not giving enough to each thing i'm i'm you're spreading yourself too thin okay brilliant and what's one thing that she would suggest to you that you really put more energy and focus on that maybe you really love you enjoy yet like you've just said there, you look, you might do lots of different things. What's the one thing that she would say, do you know what, Connie, really go after that? Focus on your, your new venture, your new business, your coaching career. Yeah. Not giving it enough time. Amazing. And the last one, what's one thing she would tell you that she's really proud of you so far up to the age that you are today. So she's looking back and she's saying, Connie, I'm so proud of you for, that's a really hard question um for just persevering like I'm so proud of you for just persevering for you know taking the obstacles on the chin and finding solutions and overcoming them and just the grit and determination to to keep going you know to get to where I want to be I love it, Connie. That makes Thank me feel you. emotional, you know. Oh my god! Well, because it's because it's real, isn't it? And when you feel it, you do something with it. And you know, something I just wanted to to finish with and and, and leave you with that. I saw that you had an opportunity, and I think it was with the British Beauty. Um, I think you flew to Dubai. I might be wrong. I might have got the venue wrong, but you had an opportunity to go out there, and you said that you got there and you didn't feel overly confident in yourself, and you didn't perform to the levels that you wanted to, and you felt that if you would do it again, you would, I think your words were just give it bloody everything and don't hold back. And I just wanted to say to you that I think that you're getting to a position that I see from a distance and getting to know you from today that people won't be asking you to go and kind of give something a go because you're finding your own opportunities because the person that you are and a drive that you've got. So I think that the opportunities that are going to come before you are going to be really earned because of the desire, the grit, the determination, the resilience that you carry and how much fuel you've got for a better future for yourself and your family and the wonderful family support that you've got. So the opportunity that may or may not have gone as well as you'd have liked it to because of how you felt about yourself when you arrived there, I think you're going to be at a point real soon where there's going to be that many opportunities because you're earning the right to have so many. You're going to be going, I don't want that one because it doesn't fit with where I'm headed, but I do want that one. And I'm going to take that one. I'm going to, I'm going to bloody give it everything that I've got because I'm going all in on it. So thank you so much, Connie. So. <laughs> thank you so thank much. You. You've been amazing. Thanks so much for having me. We've spoke for over an hour and it's been wonderful. I could sit and talk to you all day. I'm really inspired by you, what you do. More importantly, I'm really inspired and empowered behind the person that you are because it just you. shows that you can be successful and be a fantastic person at the same time and oh. you're an inspiration not just to many young people in terms of young girls and, and ladies you're an inspiration to men and women parents that can do work and be a parent too so thank, thank you for you. being so vulnerable honest and transparent with your sharing you really are wonderful and thank you so much to you and your family for introducing us Oh, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I'm buzzing. I feel so uplifted by that. And just, it's, it's, it's so important to talk, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I feel like a million dollars now. Thank you. You've really lifted my mood.
My, my pleasure. And thank you so much. Where can our guests find you, Connie? Where's the best place? Best place is definitely Instagram at the moment. Um, it's just at Connie Simmons, my name. Yeah, give me a follow and see if you like it. See if you, what, you like what I share and we'll go from there. Thank you so much, Connie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and being part of the From Nowhere to Somewhere podcast. I'd be really honoured, grateful and super appreciate any shares and subscribes possible. Please give this to any family, friends and loved ones anywhere in the world that you feel could take value from what you've just heard too. Thank you so much for your support. I look forward to speaking to you real soon on the next episode. From me to you, have a wonderful day. Take care. All my love, energy, inspiration. Luke Staten.